Adrian Fontes, welcome to Too Close to Call. You were just telling me about a donor note. I don't know if you're comfortable yeah. sharing it, but before we started recording, you were emotional reading a donor note you got for the Secretary of State race that you are running in Arizona. Yeah. Why was that particularly emotional for you to read? Well, because the first line is um, my first open quote political choice was as a child passing out. I like Ike buttons. Um, uh, this is from a woman in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it goes on to talk about their ages, 80 and 81 and their views. And they only they lived below their means, and, uh, except for when their kids were in college and it's like these are folks on a fixed income just living on their retirement and they want our democracy to perpetuate and i get notes like this little notes i get big notes that say all the legal stuff i'm over 18 i'm a u.s citizen this is personal funds blah 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 i get uh i got a little race car a little hot wheels race car from someone that says adrian's running for the fit racing for the finish line. how much was this donation for um, it was a hundred bucks, hundred bucks for fixed income retirees. I mean, so that? this is an indication that to some extent, a lower ballot race, like the secretary of state's race is reaching people. I mean, this is, this is an out of state contribution from New Mexico. I mean, Albuquerque. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's out of state, but still, it's not the uh, yeah. Right, but I mean, but, but I mean, you're, it's, but it's getting a ten, is what I mean. The point I'm I'm making is that it's it's getting it. I mean, I yeah. it's hard, isn't it? Hard to get attention, or is it different this year? I just want to, for my listeners and and viewers, you know, we're talking to a Democratic candidate for Secretary of State in Arizona. What you will you be never, like? Never, you would never have heard of this race except for the fact that literally the fate of the free world is on the line i mean this is this is why you know we've filmed for it, this is why i was on morning joe just a couple of days ago it's why the new york times and the post and everybody is talking about this particular race the 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 the, the a versus b in this one you couldn't get more stark of a contrast you know my my, my opponent is a He's an oath keeper. He was an organizer for the January 6th violent insurrection against the Constitution. He's an anti-Semite. He wants to kill ballot by mail, which is used by 92% of Arizona's voters in the last general election. He's, and it's it's a it's an opt-in system, 92% opt-in. And then he wants it eviscerated completely. He's wants every ballot to be hand counted. And it's just absolute insanity. And it's all based on nonsense. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the opposite. I'm the guy who lost his race by 4,600 votes out of 2 million cast, almost 2 million cast in the last election. And when it became statistically impossible for me to win, I called my opponent and I conceded and I invited him over for a tour of the office so he could meet his new staff. Cause that's how we're supposed to do it in America. And this guy has already said that if he doesn't win this election, when he doesn't win in November, he's not going to concede. He's not going to he's going to challenge it no matter what. So has our governor candidate. So has, you know, this U.S. Senate candidate. This, right. It's just so, insanity what's happening. Why, if you all the things you just listed, the election denialism, wanting to take away 
mail-in ballots, which most Arizonans yep. use. I mean, you lay the anti-Semitic charge. Why is your race even close then? Why is this a margin of error, highly competitive race when you lay out that contrast? Well, I don't think it's as close as the numbers are telling us, honestly. We've got Republicans and independents, the business communities behind us where they normally would not be. They back Republicans in Arizona. We've got some major, major players, a former U.S. attorney for the District of Arizona, Paul Charlton, has endorsed. We have sitting legislators, sitting Republican legislators in the state house endorsing us. Um, I, I'm just not a big fan of the way that the polling is being done in some of these instances with some of the so, polls. I mean, I just saw a poll there. that had you down two points that oh, the OH, uh, OH predictive had it 43 to 41. That's not an accurate yeah, they also representation. Had us, they also had us tied in Pima County, which is a 60-40 Democrat versus Republican split. So there's no way we were tied in Pima County. So I don't know where the numbers are all coming from. I think they're all over the place. In the amalgam of the numbers, including the internals that we have not released, um, I'd rather be me than him right now. Um, I, I think we're ahead, but within the margin. But at the end of the day, your question still stands. Why is it that someone who would actively call for a civil war and the stockpilings of guns and ammunition, which means he intends to kill Americans, let's just be blunt. Why would that guy be tied with anyone? And it has a lot to do with the fact that we still have to do a better job in our campaign of communicating this with voters. When we tell voters about the A versus B, when we talk to them about the reality of it, they're on our side. But we've got to continue to push this message out there. That's why our fundraising has not stopped. That's why our partners are, are multiplying and, and still pushing really hard, because this is a very, very critical race. Um, and, and, and literally the future of the, of democracy in Arizona and thereby the rest of the republic um, is in the balance. So so lay out the stakes, though, lay out the doomsday scenario, because Mark Fincham, your Republican opponent for secretary yep. of state in Arizona, could not just if he won the race, he could not just take away mail in voting. Right. The, the legis that's the legislature's prerogative. Well, no, to do that. I, no, he has no he has the power of the pen in the elections procedures manual. The Elections Procedures Manual is a separate um, booklet. It's a rule book promulgated by the Secretary of State. And if he wanted to add in a whole bunch of extra stuff there, it has the force and effect of law. And it mandates to the counties, which run the elections, how they do their thing. So and he could he just write into this book, you're not allowed to send ballots out early well, for no, people to I mean, mail them back. It isn't quite that simple, but in effect, he could make it all but impossible uh, to to do those sorts of things. He could really make it so incredibly difficult that effectively he would eviscerate uh, ballot by mail voting uh, by making it impossible for the election departments to put the mail out in the first place and then make it nearly impossible for those uh, ballots once they come back to be validated. Um, it, it, there's a whole host of things that you can do, but he has already stated flat out uh, that he would he would lobby the legislature real hard to stop ballot by mail voting in Arizona. He's already said that flat out, black and white in uh, uh, in statements. He has already sued the state. There's an active lawsuit in the state to go to directly hand count voting of all of our ballots, which is a an impossibility, both fiscally and logistically. It's less secure. It's less accountable. And it's just nuts. It's it's nuts. And on that one, it's what he 
doesn't do that as secretary, he'd have the power to shift it because it's the secretary who certifies the mechanical tabulating. Right. So, so is the certification certify. is the certification the threat that he would not certify? Yeah, a, that's the problem. Is that the real doomsday scenario that he wouldn't certify an election because it didn't turn out the way he wanted? You know, the twenty twenty four scenario, which more people will be tuning into. Arizona will be a battleground state. You know, maybe Biden wins again by nine thousand votes. Mark Fincham is Secretary of State, and what he just doesn't sign it off, and then what happens? Well, imagine the scenario, right? Neither one of those candidates has 270 electoral college votes. And Biden wins a popular vote in Arizona, which he's done before. And the secretary says, nope, we're not certified for whatever reason, because it's the secretary who has to certify before it goes on. Then what happens is the entire electoral college election goes to Congress. And at that's in that scenario, Every state has one vote. New York and New uh, and, and North Dakota have the same number of votes, one. California and Kansas have the same number of votes, one. And the congressional delegations decide. There's more Republican congressional delegations. Joe Biden, who wins the popular vote, by your example, ends up not becoming president and would have won the Electoral College, but for Mark Fincham. So that's the one high-level doomsday scenario that impacts the entire nation. Um, but there are so many others that, that just that would screw Arizona if he became Secretary of State. So you were the recorder in Maricopa County, but then lost your reelection in 2020. And I'm wondering... Narrowly. Why you... <laughs> right, right. You laid this out before, and you accepted the result. Yeah. Why did you lose that election? And do you think you made any mistakes administering elections in Maricopa County as the recorder? So there are no perfect elections. So it would be foolish for me to say I made no mistakes. We'll get that one out of the way. But I lost the political fight for re-election to Maricopa County recorder, but we won the job. We did the job right because Maricopa 2020 stands as the single most highly scrutinized election in American history. And pretty much everybody that's looked at it, even the cyber ninjas, they couldn't find anything really wrong with it. So I know I did my job. I paid so much attention to my job that I sort of didn't pay enough attention to my politics. And it was important. We were talking about a new system, a presidential um, cycle. We're talking about doing it during a global pandemic, which had its own unique set of challenges that folks had never seen before. So we did an amazing job. We did an amazing job. Um, I didn't do amazing politics. And that's that's why I didn't get reelected. And so that's what fine. was the polit where did you fall short on the politics? I didn't have enough time to campaign. We were working too hard. So you were just I working on my, election administration. Yeah, I was doing my job and 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 not being a candidate. I mean, and and frankly, I think that's what people actually want. They want someone who's gonna do the job first and and deprioritize their personal politics. Uh, I'm perfectly okay with that. I sleep very well at night knowing that I did not win that election because I know the circumstances. I'm perfectly okay with it. So I know in 2020, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you sent out ballots to all Democrats in the during the presidential primary. That's Instead wrong. Instead of what? That's, that's wrong. wrong. You did yeah. not or all registered Democrats? Nope, that's wrong too. The what happened was the presidential preference election, which is our primary, is a closed election. That means only Democrats were eligible to vote. Right. 
a few days before election day, but probably half a week before election day, we were looking at the global pandemic coming down and people were afraid to leave their homes. They were fearing for their lives. This is March, 2020. Think back, toilet paper shortages, people taping up their homes, that sort of thing. We made the determination that because it was an available practice in law and we used it all the time in school district races in like March and May, those off cycle races, municipal races, mail out ballots to every eligible voter in those races, it makes sense that in this emergency circumstance where people did not want to leave their homes, we would send ballots to the eligible voters for this particular election, which it just happened to be Democrats only, registered Democrats only. That was the plan. We prepared for the plan. The attorney general got an injunction, stopped it. And by the time we would have fought it in court, it was too late to mail out the ballots. They dropped the suit. So we never got our day in court to actually determine whether or not we were doing something. And I'm confident that we would have won. I'm perfectly confident. Okay, but that was your intention to do all. It was intention to send ballots to every eligible Democrat. You were just every eligible voter in that election. We right the Democratic primary. We well, we hear people saying to Democrats because they want it to sound as if it was a partisan thing. That's inaccurate. If, if Republicans were on the ballot, I would have sent it to I would have intended sure, to send sure, it to sure, them, sure. too. So but, let's but, be accurate in our right. Language. But I guess, OK, the, the question I'm trying to get to, though, is the bigger question about elections is do there have to be some rules? There, there have to be some rules that we play by. Right. We have rules. It, it should. Right. But they're different in every state. Everybody right. makes their own rules like this is how we do it in this in this crazy democracy. Some people right. say two weeks you can vote early. Some people say you can have same day registration. I don't believe in Arizona there's same day registration, is there? Can you no. go on the right? So why? So there's all these different rules, and it gets very, very confusing. And I'm just trying to get your view on. Do you believe every voter should just every eligible voter, Republican, Democrat, Independent, should get a ballot mailed without without having to request that ballot? Why not? I'm asking. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Why not? They do it in Oregon. They do it in Colorado. They do it in other states. They've never had problems. They've been doing it for 20 years because there are so many checks and balances on the way back when the ballots come back. See, everybody freaks out about, oh, they didn't ask for the ballots. Well, so what? Right. They don't ask for their ballots in the Tempe municipal elections. They don't ask for their ballots in the Chandler municipal elections. They don't ask for their ballots in so many of the other municipal and school district elections. We just send them out. Is it okay there, but it's not okay when Donald Trump's on the ballot? It's so not is that okay something, when it's Is that something you would pursue? That's, yeah, why not? Okay. It's more secure. It's more economical. It's more accountable. It's far safer than having voter ID at the polling place. Let me give you an example. David, when's the last time you checked somebody's voter ID? That I when's checked the last someone's? Time, when's the last time you personally checked anybody's ID? I mean, I don't know. Uh, not anytime recently. You are qualified. You are qualified to check IDs at a polling place. You've never checked anybody's ID, and you're qualified to be a poll worker to be given that job. How does what that require? How what other requirements to be a poll worker? That's it. You got to be not dead. You got to be registered okay. with one of the parties, or just registered and eligible to vote. Not even that, though. You can be 16 years old in Arizona, and still vote at a polling place under certain under certain circumstances. 
But why not that. require a voter ID to cast a ballot? I mean, why I got we? on a plane this morning. David, why should we? Well, because you, you tell use me why for... we should. Given the fact, I- I'm going to tell you the fact why. that you know right now. Uh, given the fact that you know right now, with your abject ignorance of what voter ID is supposed to look look like what's a valid ID, what's not a valid ID. You're perfectly qualified to do that. You're going to argue to me that that's a safer method I'm going to argue to you that than having forensically trained signature verification and the kind of accountability, multi-layered accountability that we have in signature check on on mail-in balloting. It doesn't make any sense. I just think most well, most Americans support voter. If you look at polling, I think it's one of those common sense things. But that's because I get on a plane. Well, but hold on, hold on, hold on. But but hold on, hold on. Honestly, this is a real so many things I need to do in life. I need to use an ID. This is why I think for logical, this is not a partisan thing. I get on a plane. I need to show an ID. I, if I want to drink in a lot of places, I got to show ID. If I got to buy some drugs at CVS, sometimes you have to show an ID. But voting, it, it seems to be this burden. And I understand that some people, poor people, maybe don't always have it. Why is the argument on the Democratic side to try to increase the number of IDs for people without means, for people with disabilities, with people with on college campuses? Why I understand don't you that want, hold on, the answer to this question, which Americans do you not want to see voting? I don't have any problem with anybody. Which, that- which Americans do you want to exclude? Show me a list, because that's what ID is. ID excludes certain people from public transit. Why? Because we don't want terrorists on airplanes. It excludes certain people from bars because we don't want underage drinking. ID is used to limit things. It's used to stop people from doing things. Right. So shouldn't when we have we some limit if, if they're second, not a citizen? David, let me finish. If they're not I a let, citizen? Hold on. Let, I let you finish. You let me finish. The idea of voter ID is to prevent certain people from voting and exercising their fundamental right under the law. It's a an added burden that is unnecessary. That having been said, how do we open it up? When you have ballot by mail voting, the signature verification system and the address clearing and all of the other security systems that are involved in ballot by mail are not only more accountable and more secure, they're less expensive. And do you do you have you been online to try to get a fake ID recently? Do you know how cheap I, I not easy it to is to get an ID? ID? that even most police officers can't tell is fake. Can you so explain to me what signature verification surrender our democracy okay. to something that is much more fraudulent, much easier to violate than a system that election administrators across the country know works. Now, popular opinion may go one direction, but you and I both know popular opinion isn't always correct once sure. given all of the facts. I think that's and true. And folks who continue to insist that voter ID is the only way to go aren't giving the public all of the facts. Well, I didn't say it was the only I didn't say it was the only way to go. I would like you to explain because I don't even know. And I don't think a lot of our tell me what signature verification would entail. Why is that a more secure way to, uh, I guess, secure our elections and make sure there isn't fraud, which your opponents are always going to raise at every. And as you said, every election is imperfect. I understand that there's always going to be a little bit of a problem. But you have the other party that is seizing on everything and trying to make it into a grand conspiracy. So to me, so first, it's not all, first. It's not all of the other party. This isn't a partisan fight. There are plenty of Republicans that think that the extremists are dead wrong. And those Republicans are the ones who are, are, are on our side in this campaign. Number two, signature verification. 
there are at least 27 different characteristics in your signature. And when our folks, our professionals are verifying these signatures, there are three different levels, the basic level, the supervisor level, and then the audit level to make sure that we've got a good system. These folks check more signatures than forensic experts at the FBI check. Imagine an election uh, system with over two and a half million voters. You're checking petitions on candidates. You're checking, checking hundreds of thousands of them, by the way, petitions on referenda and initiatives. You're checking signatures on ballots all year long. You're matching the signatures when a new voter registration card comes in on somebody with the old signatures on the old cards. This is what these folks do for a living every single day in the tens of thousands sometimes. And that's cheaper to, to employ all these forensic uh, experts yes, it is. than to just to have an ID? It's absolutely cheaper. Okay. because it's a much quicker process. Moreover, we can look at all of the old signatures that somebody has used to see if somebody's signature has changed over time. We have a system of checking with voters. If we don't have a signature, if we have a mismatch, contacting them, making sure that we're validating this. Here's the point. Our system is a pro-voter system that puts the voters first. What the other folks are proposing keeps voters away. And in the United States of America, We've sent our young people across the ocean to die so that other people could have the right to vote. And some of these folks have the temerity to try to prevent Americans from exercising that same right. Women were dragged through the streets protesting to try to get their right to vote. People were gunned down with water cannons, having dogs loosed against them for the right to vote. And you're telling me that because some conspiracy theorists want to make it harder to vote, we're going to follow their lead and use their doubts and use their conspiracies to establish the way we preserve our own democracy? That is not a view that I agree with, sir. No way. No how is, way. How has Katie Hobbs done as Secretary of State? She's done a fair job. I think that there have been some uh, things that can be improved in the office, but at the end of the day, the system is running well. But for some miscues at the local level, which were uh, not her office's responsibility, um, I think she's done a pretty, pretty, pretty decent job. Pretty decent. So how would you improve if you, you go in there day one? What would be the first thing that you would focus in on to improve in that office? Well, I think we, we, there's, a, <laughs> there's a whole set of things. Uh, I think we need to make campaign finance much more easily available for folks uh, on the system that, that reflects that so we know who is paying for our politicians. Uh, I think we absolutely need to make it easier for business processes in our UCC filings, Uniform Commercial Code filings, and trademark filings to go forward because the business of America is business, and we've got to operate government at the speed of business. That's a high priority for me. We need to rewrite that elections procedures manual so it's approachable by regular citizens so they can know the rules by which their election administrators are operating. Right now, it's, it, it's a chunk of legalese and stuff, and we can certainly make it much more approachable. Moreover, I think we need to look at uh, electronic petition signatures where politicians like me can have those petitions signed online, but for initiative and referenda, there's a whole slew of extra regulations reducing the citizen legislature's power to move forward what they want to see uh, as citizens. So we can really strengthen our democracy uh, by tweaking a lot of the inside stuff. Um, and, 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 there's, and then anything there's on election day are. administration that you would change as far as the rules in Arizona that guide yeah, elections? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we should expand vote centers, the vote center model where any voter can vote anywhere in their county. Um, that is uh, precinct based polling is 
a very limiting thing. We've got yes. the technology. It won't cost that much to get some of the other counties that are still not doing it into that program. The ballot tracking system where you get a text message or an email when your ballot is coming to you and when it gets returned to the election department sort of as a receipt. That's the part of the accountability uh, of that system. I'd like to see that go statewide. That's a relatively easy thing for us to be able to do. Uh, and there are a lot of little tweaks like that that I think uh, we definitely need to see happening. A lot more outreach uh, to traditionally underserved communities. I think that's critical, particularly veterans, uh, homeless veterans, uh, other people experiencing homelessness, uh, the elderly, folks who don't have English as a primary language. Uh, we've really got to reach out to all of our citizens. If it is your fundamental constitutional right to vote, you should be served as well as your government can serve you uh, to make sure that we preserve that. Okay. And then finally, a political question. Is it impossible for you to win if Carrie Lake wins the governorship? It's not impossible. In fact, um, I have under, I have come to understand that there are there are uh, plenty of folks out there that are looking at uh, that scenario. Um, I, I don't know what the voters are going to decide. Uh, all I can do is concentrate on one race and one race alone. Uh, and I'm hoping that Arizona uh, will make Adrian Fontes its next secretary of state. Yeah, because you're going to be what the fourth statewide office on the ballot. So. Uh, oh, oh, our ballots. It's great. It goes U.S. Senator, Congress, right. governor, governor, state Senate, state representative, oh. then secretary of state. You're under the state reps. I did not know that. So, well, the, the secretary of state is the de facto lieutenant governor right. in Arizona. Uh, right. But you ascend to the governorship. But what? Yes. But that's only in the absence of, of the governor. Right. Uh, but as it stands for administrative purposes and the way the law is written, uh, that's the order of the ballot. And a lot of people, and for your Arizona listeners and viewers, the reason the Republican candidates are all listed first is because we have a Republican in the governor's seat. If Doug Ducey was a Democrat, the Democrats would be listed first. Gotcha. And for multi or nonpartisan races. Is that fair? That's the law. Right. But you could you you could help change the law. I mean, that, yeah, that I, mean, seems, I could, mean, it's just always incumbents. The incumbents party always gets that advantage. Of first look, slot. The political parties, look, the political parties, one of which I'm a member, uh, have a stranglehold on a lot of politics and a lot of the process. Our yeah, semi-closed yeah. primaries are kind of rough and, and a lot of times don't give us the best candidates. We see that on the other side right now. Um, we've got a lot of improvement that we can make vis-a-vis -vis improving the system for the voters and getting it away from, you know, the, the political parties. I think that's why there's more independents than Democrats in Arizona. And for a while there in Maricopa County, there were more independents than Republicans uh, because folks are sick of the political parties. And, and, and quite frankly, uh, I think we need to do some reform in that area as well. Okay. Adrian Fontes, the Democratic candidate for Secretary of State in Arizona, the most politically volatile state in the country, maybe, perhaps. Thanks for coming on Too Close to Call and having a spirited discussion. Happy to do it, Dave. Thanks for having me.